fans. I'm Danielle McCartan. Danielle in the daytime. And I'll be talking to all things New York sports with you up until week one New York Giants pregame. That's at 210 right here on The Fan. And you got Big Zoo, Ed Arduman, and I. We are working on a weekend like usual. And we are coming to you live from the Carton and Roberts studio here in lower Manhattan. And welcome into the overnight listeners. I see you guys and the brand new sets of ears that are tuned in right now. You guys know the number. It's already pre-programmed into your phones. Come on now, 877-337-6666. And as always, please, let's load them up with your best content only. Hey, so I mentioned uh, yesterday after my show, I went over to the Odyssey and Nash FM Stars and Strings show at Pier 17. It was an awesome concert. Right there on the rooftop, Pier 17. never been. It's... When you're looking at the stage, it's got the Brooklyn Bridge behind there. I mean, and you looked over your left shoulder and you saw the blue beams uh, shooting up into the night sky from the World Trade Center behind you. I mean, it was it was just, it was awesome. I got to meet some of the Nash FM family, which is cool, which is Odyssey, which is us. Um, and I'm telling you this because this morning I woke up, well, my alarm went off at 5.30 this morning, but I did not get up until 6.00. You know why? Because I had the Subway Series game on DVR. It's fine. I mean, I already knew that the Yankees won, but I wanted to know how. I wanted to get a feel for the game. So here I am loading up Yankees-Mets at 6 a.m. this morning. And I'm just going to be honest. I watched most of it, not all of it. I had to jump in the car and come here. I literally got dressed in five seconds and came here. So with all that said... Um, you know, the Yankees and the Mets, I did watch, I watched through probably like the sixth or seventh inning I watched and, you know, the Yankees and the Mets, they, they took the field on the 20th anniversary of September 11th. You know that. Um, and then, like I said yesterday, there were a lot of things that Rob Manfred and baseball have done wrong, but this and this series with these two teams on that day was not one of them. I just thought just the whole thing between the Yankees and Mets, it was just so well done. Standing next to each other during the pregame, you know, um, alternating Yankee Met, Yankee Met, Yankee Met. I thought that was awesome for Joe Torre and Bobby Valentine in their New York uniforms, embracing each other after they threw out the first pitches simultaneously. I, I, you know, I was, I was wrong on that. The, what I read was they were that Valentine was going to pitch it to Torre, but I guess they both threw it. I don't know. I, I just, I loved how the Mets altered their uniforms to read New York instead of Mets. Thought that was a great touch. And of course, the players wearing the caps of all of the first responders, FDNY, NYPD, Port Authority Police, Department of Sanitation, and the Department of Correction. And then John Smoltz in the pregame said, he said, the players feel it. They know that it's not just another day. And here's Aaron Judge after the game. It means the world to me. Um... You know, this this was for the city. You know, this was you know for the Yankee fans, for everybody, you know, affected on this day. This was uh, this was more than just a baseball game tonight. Um, you know, it was an honor to be able to be out there and be on that field, be able to you know represent New York. Um, yeah, it's it's tough to describe. You know, like I, I said, and, and that it was. I mean, it was a beautiful tribute by Major League Baseball, by the Yankees, by the Mets to commemorate the 20th anniversary. Of 9-11. So prior to the game, the Yankees called a team meeting, which I'm going to go out on a real limb here and say that it was a players-only meeting, although it hasn't been confirmed or denied, anything I've seen anyway. But 
Aaron Judge said, he said, I don't really want to get into it, but it was a mix of a couple individuals, and he named a few. He said, this is a quote from him, Squid, Higgy, Kluber, quite a few guys that wanted to talk and say a couple things, but we got the message across, and time to keep it rolling, end quote there. So that was interesting to see, how he named the speakers, besides himself, as Kluber, Higashioka, and Andrew Velasquez. A kid who's got exactly 64 major league at-bats to his name. I'm actually not sure how I feel about that because you can look at it two ways. Was he a kid stepping out of line and voicing his opinion in this scenario? Possible. Or is he really someone that the other more veteran players look to for guidance? Also possible. So until I get that answer, I'm not sure how I feel about Velasquez stepping up to speak in this meeting. And speaking of veteran players, I wonder if Brett Gardner spoke. He did say after the game, he said, one of those things where it's just kind of enough's enough. A couple of people had some things to say. I thought it went well, and maybe it worked. We won today, so hopefully we'll go on a winning streak. To me, based on that, it sounds like he did not speak in this meeting. And Judge did reveal that the message of the meeting was, he said, this is Judge again, we're still in the playoff hunt. The world's not crashing down on us as much as it seems to be on, on these airways, isn't it? Uh, remind everyone who they are, who we are. We are the New York Yankees. Judge is saying this. It's an honor and a privilege to wear these stripes and to play for this team. When you're getting to September baseball in New York, that's when it's fun. It was really just about reminding the team, everybody, and myself what we're capable of. So if we look at this game from both a Yankee and a Met perspective, from, from a Yankee perspective first, we are the, the, the radio network of the Yankees. You know, they entered the Saturday night game as owners of a seven-game losing streak. They lost 11 of their last, or past, prior to last night, 13 games. But with that win over the Mets, the Yankees said, It ends tonight. It ends tonight. That's it. The Yankees, last night, it ended. That's All-American Rejects from way back when. They ended it. It ended tonight. That losing streak ended last night. And love it or hate it, those New York Yankees played true to their identity last night. They had a starting pitcher pitch four complete innings. They used five relief pitchers, and they mashed four home runs. And for good measure, after Judge's first home run, the Yankees went hitless in their next 16 at-bats, up until Brett Gardner led off the eighth inning with a single. So that's it. Last night's game was the epitome of the 2021 New York Yankees. And last night, it worked. You know, earlier in the week, Trevor May provided some bulletin board material, I'm calling it that, when he said, fortunately, we are playing in our graveyard of a park, so that is helpful. We'll keep the 314-foot homers to a minimum. Trevor May. Hmm. Obviously, that's a jab at Yankee Stadium and the dimensions, and his interpretation of the Yankees' home run total and how that's inflated by the ballpark in which they play. But what a difference... Two days makes because May was singing an entirely different tune after coughing up a 413-foot bomb to Aaron Judge to tie the game in the eighth. May was actually yanked by Rojas before he even recorded a single out. May Day! He said after the game, worst all year, and I'm never going to make a comment like that again. No more jokes about stadiums ever. Hmm. Serves you well. Also, do you guys remember when we had this whole discussion of personal catchers not long ago? Like, we talked at the beginning of the season when Garrett Cole preferred Kyle Higashioka to Gary Sanchez behind the plate for him. Well, 
besides the fact that Higashioka hit a two-run home run last night, I also talked about how I'm sure that Kluber prefers him too. After all, it was Higashioka who caught his no-hitter earlier in the season and the games leading up to it. That kind of goes lost sometimes. But anyway, remember when I said that yesterday from Kluber, I'd want to see five complete innings or 85 pitches, whatever came first? Well, here we are. He had four complete innings and 82 pitches later. And just the earned runs are a problem. They were a problem for him when he was doing his rehab assignments at the minor league level. We talked about that here. And then they're still here to haunt him because coming off the IL, he's made three starts and he's he's given up 11 runs in 11 and two-thirds innings. Not what you're looking for from your number two supposed starter. Now, from a Mets perspective... Yeah, swear it's deja vu, Beyonce. That loss last night looked a lot like all the other losses, didn't it, Mets fans? The Mets were down early. They clawed their way back to take the lead, by the way, on a 384-foot two-run McCann home run, and then they squandered the game away on an error. McCann said after the game, it was our ball game to win, and unfortunately, we couldn't hang on. Well, number one, down early. Well, Taiwan Walker has not been good as of late, has he? I mean, we talked about this. I, I really do think that he's hit the proverbial wall. I mean, remember the Tommy John surgery. So, so far this season, he's pitched 144 and two-thirds innings. Let's just round it. 140, round up. 145 innings this season. He hasn't pitched that much since the 2017 season. And then when you look at the seasons in between... We're talking the years 18, the year 19, 2020. He pitched a combined 120 and two-thirds innings. So you don't have to look far to realize this. Just look at pre-All-Star game and post-All-Star game Taiwan Walker, and you would not believe that that is the same player. Prior to the All-Star game, he pitched 92 and two-thirds innings. And in that time, he only allowed six home runs. Well, since it, and now we're talking July 18th, because... That's the, the game he pitched You know, after the All-Star game. That was his first game. He's allowed 17 home runs since the All-Star game. And then prior to the All-Star game, his ERA was 2.66. Since it, 7.38. I said the Mets clawed their way back into the game. They did. They scored on a Pilar double, a McCann triple, a Walker single, a Baez solo home run until that McCann two-run home run finally put them ahead in the bottom of the sixth. And then the third thing I said was they squandered the game. I mean, here's the play. Luke Voigt grounded into what was a tailor-made, inning-ending double play. But not so fast. Lindor got Torres at, at second base easily. But then on the throw to first, Javier Baez. Well, I'll tell you, I watched the replay quite a few times, and I still have a few r- residual questions. Did his feet get tangled up with the bag? How did he not push off his back foot? He clearly stepped to throw with the wrong foot. Or or was it just a a lazy play? Really? I I think it was a combination of all three of those things, really. Then you got Mr. Squid Velasquez scampering home, and that was it. The Yankees took an 8-7 lead that they never relinquished after that. And and had Javier Baez been able to complete the inning-ending double play, which it would have been inning-ending, 
This score would have been tied 7-7 at that point going into the bottom of the eighth inning. So deja vu all over again, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, Lee Bryce. He didn't do this song last night. We were expecting it. But shout out to you guys posted up there at MetLife Stadium right now in your parking lots with your own parties going on right now. Thanks for making me and Big Zoo part of it, you guys. Appreciate it. So what I'm going to be looking for in the Giants game later today, I mean, it's obvious. Number one thing is obvious, the Giants offensive line. I mean, last year, Pro Football Focus ranked them 31st out of 32 teams, remember? I mean, that's awful. I mean... There were only other there were only two other teams also too that allowed more sacks than that unit did last season as well. I mean, with a mobile quarterback and Daniel Jones too, I mean, that is a major weakness <laughs> to put it lightly. That, that the Giants offensive line is going to be the linchpin to this entire game today. I mean, how the Giants offensive line goes will be how the game goes. And Dave Gettleman and the Giants brought in some big guns for this offense this offseason. We talked about it here too. How they could they could have Dave Gettleman could have brought in Jerry Rice and Randy Moss in their primes for Daniel Jones and this offense. But without an upright quarterback, they'd both be rendered useless. Second thing I'm looking for, obviously Saquon Barkley's return. Obviously he has game-breaking potential. Will he have a game-changing play today? How much time will he actually see? With the Washington game, league game, by the way, don't forget, division game, it's just on Thursday. So just a few games from now, how many touches is Saquon Barkley actually going to get? I don't I don't think a lot. And then a little nugget about Denver. Denver allowed 4.8 yards per carry last season, and that was the third most in the league. And not many changes were made to that defensive line. But can't forget about Von Miller. He's back. And he's paired with Bradley Chubb. And that, again, circles back to the offensive line's ability to protect both the quarterback and the running back. So we'll talk about some more things about what I'm looking for in this Giants game. Of course, and I'll give you my pick. That's coming up. Now on to the Jets. Oh, yeah. Sam Darnold. We are expecting, the Big Zoo and I, we are expecting a big game from Sam Darnold later today because since the day he was traded from the Jets, I remember getting the notification. I was sitting and eating lunch in Cincinnati outside Great American Ballpark. I can't think of the, the area there, but that street that they closed down. I'm sitting there and I'm like, Sam Darnold traded. Wow, okay. So I actually went up into my room and I, I turned on NFL Network, my, my hotel room, and I turned on NFL Network and I was watching this. But the next move I think that everybody did was to see if the Panthers were going to be on the Jets' schedule this year, which they were, they are. And guess what? Spoiler alert, 23 weeks later, that game is today. And Sam Darnold does not have to wait long to prove to his, his old team that he is better off without them. I mean, those are my words, not his. He actually said this. My job is to go out there and play good football, and that's all I'm talking about. He was always a good soldier, wasn't he? And then Wilson, the rookie replacement, said of Darnold, he's doing his own thing right now. He's got a great situation going for him. I think the organization already decided to go 
one way, and it's not because Sam's not a good football player. It's just because they wanted a fresh start. So I'm happy for him, and it's a new situation for me, and that's not even something that crosses my mind. Okay? So maybe this storyline is overblown because, as Robert Sala put it, they don't play against each other, right? They're on the same side of the ball for different teams, so they don't actually face off with one another. I mean, he's got a point, but it's still an intriguing storyline. So what am I looking for in today's Jets-Panthers game? Well, three things. One, the ability for the Jets to just put up points, and I'm talking touchdown points, because Zach Wilson and the first-team offense were very inconsistent in putting the ball into the end zone this preseason. Inconsistent is the word. Two, offensive chemistry. I mean, they're coming into this game, these Jets, after a 2-14 and regular season just one year ago, and they've got a new, brand-new, first-time NFL head coach, in Robert Sala, basically a whole new coaching staff with him. Oh, yeah, and a brand-new rookie quarterback. Oh, oh, and one more thing, Jamison Crowder is already ruled out because of COVID. So it's just some offensive chemistry. I'm just looking to see, like, are they on the same page? Like, are they scheming things to fit their team? And I know that, that sounds very silly, but I was told by by a former NFL player that sometimes coaches just come in and just that's their system and you got to fit it. That's I couldn't believe that. Th- that's not how it is. You have to fit your scheme to your players, right? I mean, that that does that makes sense to me. That's how I would do it. And three, I'm also going to be looking at Sam Darnold. This is the first time he's got some talent around him to work with. I mean, something we all know that he did not have in New York during his time with the Jets. He's got his buddy Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. Oh, yeah, and, and a guy named Christian McCaffrey probably went first in all of your your uh, fantasy football drafts. I don't play fantasy football. I just I don't have time for it. I can't be updating it. And, like, when I'm teaching, like, say there's a roster move made, like, I can't drop everything and, like, kids, hold on. Let me update my fantasy football team. Can't do that, so I don't play it. But, yeah, Christian McCaffrey, great player, and I'm excited to see what him and Darnold can do together because I, everybody forgets Sam Darnold's also a mobile quarterback. Don't forget and I've got some more Jets stuff coming for you uh, a little bit later in the show, as well as my pick for that game, too. That's all coming up. So let's get it going. I've set the table for you guys. I can't wait to talk to you. 877-337-6666 is the number. I'm Danielle McCartan in the daytime on The Fan in New York City. Jump around. Maybe you guys have us tuned on at your your parking lot party. Everybody, it is week one of the NFL season. It is officially here. We will have football through, I think it's the Super Bowl is on February 13th. We will have football on our TV on Thursday, on Sunday, on Monday, all through February, everybody. It's back. Happy New Year to you guys. Jump around at at MetLife Stadium over there. I see you guys. And uh, just was brought to my attention that... Uh, by Kevin in Camden on the commercial break uh, on Twitter. The Yankees tweeted, following Saturday's game, the Yankees optioned infielder Andrew Velasquez to AAA Scranton. And prior to tonight's game, the Yankees recalled right-handed pitcher uh, Clark Schmidt, number 86, Clark Schmidt in your programs. And he's going to start tonight's game against the Mets. So the Yankees have finally named a starting pitcher. I, I refreshed it before I left the house, and I was like, oh, Wow. So it's going to be Clark Schmidt. And then just a little, 
I don't know. I was curious. I'm like, hey, what kind of a pitcher is going to be on the mound for the Yankees later today against these Mets? Um, he's never. He has not started a game in 2021 at the major league level. He started in exactly three at the major league level in 2020. Um, not good. I mean, ERA 7.11 kind of is all you really kind of need to know about that. So then I'm like, all right, maybe they sent him down. Maybe he's figured it out. Okay, so 2021 minor league stats, he's got an ERA of 2.96 in 27 innings pitched. I mean, what else are they going to do? Who else are they going to throw out there? They can't do a bullpen game. They got to get some length out of him, right? You would think. I don't know. Game started seven. So just, just some quick math there. Looks about like four and a half innings they're going to expect out of him today, I guess. We'll see what happens. But, you know, I was I was talking to my mom on the way in before on, on the phone, and I was like, we've got the Jet game on at 1 today. The Giant game on in the 4, four was it 425 start, I, I believe it is. And so, by the way, I love how they do that, how I hate when they're both on at 1 o'clock. So the Jets are on at 1, Giants are 425, and then you got the Yankees and Mets game on after that, right? It's It's a night game. So we're going to be parked in front of our TVs all day here, guys, all day long. A little Sunday night baseball to cap it off, Subway Series. It doesn't get any better than that. It really doesn't. I mean, I mean, I have to go to ShopRite. I have to go food shopping. I don't know when I'm going to have, get to do that today, but I don't, uh, hopefully one of these football games is going to be a blowout that I could like run there on halftime and just like throw everything in the cart and run home. You got to hop on one of those like uh, grocery delivery apps. Like, uh, I know. What's it called? I don't know. I know. I have Instacart, to. something like that. I know. I know. Save yourself that time today. And then also order some Grubhub, get some wings. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, you know what? Mozzarella sticks is like my go-to for football. I love mozzarella sticks and football together. That's, that's Hey, I respect that. I respect <laughs> anything cheese related I'm in for. Cool. All right. Uh, let's go back. Let's go to the phones, I should say, for the first time today. 877-337-6666 is the phone number. And uh, Mark, you are a Yankee fan, so let's go with uh, Mark. You're going to be the DJ LeMahieu of the day today, Mark. Oh, hi. Uh, I'm honored to be your first uh, caller today, Danielle. You got it. You're in. And I, and I wish you congratulations to your daytime hours that you won't been reserved. You're fabulous, and, and you deserve this golden opportunity. I'm glad you got it. Thank you. Appreciate it. And I want you to know, today I'm talking about Aaron Judge. Yeah. The guy's phenomenal. You know, he arises to the occasion. It's amazing. Those two home runs he hit yesterday mm-hmm. and an incredible catch in the ninth inning. You know, and then that wonderful thing he said after the game about how important this day was. And he's honored to be wearing the champion uniform. The guy's class all the way, I just have to say. Yeah, and and you know what? And, and Mark, awesome ringing endorsement there of Aaron Judge. Thank you for that. Um, he's like Derek Jeter. 2.0, isn't he? Like when you when you cl- the close your eye, like we should play that game. Did Judge say it or did Jeter say it? Because you know how yesterday we did Alonzo and or uh, or Boone. We should do Jeter or Judge because it just Jeter was just inducted into the Hall of Fame, right? He's the consummate Yankee, Mister Yankee, right? Aaron Judge is following right in his footsteps, and when you look at Aaron Judge and what they're gonna do with him. As you were talking, I kind of just, that's where my mind went. What are they going to do with him, money-wise? Well, 
20, this year he's making, I'm going to round it, $10 million. That's not a lot for a player like Aaron Judge. Uh, he's got one more year left of arbitration for next season, and then he's a unrestricted free agent in the year for the 2023 season. So what is he worth? What is a guy like Aaron Judge worth? My favorite website, SpotTrack, I love that website, says he's worth $25.4 million annually. And they're, they're expecting an eight-year, they're projecting an eight-year, $200 million contract. Wow. Well, well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Let's go Paul in Hamden, Connecticut. You're up next on The Fan. Hello, Daniel. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Hey, good pleasure to speak to you. You know, I'm 65 years old. I've been a Mets fan for, from, since 1967, you know, and I don't think I've watched a whole baseball game in three years, uh, the way it's been going with the way baseball's played. But, I mean, last night on a, on a beautiful night in the night to remember, mm-hmm. obviously I didn't like the outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a great game. And, it, like you said, same old uh, deja vu in the last part, and losing the game, coming back, tying it, then losing again. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know if you heard that little tidbit. They said that that was the first time in franchise history that they had New York on the front of their jersey. I, I I found that astonishing when I heard that. Did you hear that? Uh, I I didn't honestly because I was I wasn't watching it live. But um, you're talking like the home jerseys. I, I can yeah yeah I could I could probably yeah. believe that. Yeah, I liked it. I think it looked pretty cool actually. But uh, like you said, I mean, how many games have I seen? Like I say, you know, I have watched the whole game because I DVR too, and I you know fast forward and stuff, but how many games, I mean, can they just keep losing like this? And, and you know, and we all think they're dead in the water, and then they come back, and then they're eight games out behind, <laughs> and they're four, and they close the gap, and it's just like, I, I don't know, I, I don't see them making the players, but uh, it is what it is. Always a pleasure, and uh, go Jets. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. You're turning the page to football season, like like a lot of fans in this area, I think. Uh, when you're looking at the standings, uh, I just pulled up the NLE standings. The Mets are still five games back. Click on wild card here. Let's get a wild card picture for the Mets. The Mets are four games out of the second wild card spot, but they're going to have to leapfrog the Phillies, the Cardinals, the Reds, and then unseat the Padres, you know, to get to that spot. So, huh. uh, it's, um, we'll put it this way. They are not mathematically eliminated just yet. That's what we've been saying. I mean, it's just like you just described. It's like they're up they're, It's like the Katy Perry song. You're up and you're down. You're in and you're out. Oh, you're hot and you're cold. That's the Mets. It's kind of the Yankees too, isn't it? Let's go to Mary in Long Island. You're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. It's great to hear you in the daytime. Yes. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks, Mary. Appreciate it. It's wonderful. And will you be teaming up with Big Zoo every week? He's great, too. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. We're not really in charge of that, but I would like so. Oh, I would like it, sure. Hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, good. Um, I was very, well, first of all, I'm sad to hear that uh, Velasquez has been sent down. Mm-hmm. I, I love him. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about him speaking at the meeting before the game, yeah. um, something else crossed my mind. The two points that you brought up are good points to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also remember Susan saying last night that Velasquez is an NYPD detective. So I'm sure on 9-11 he was a police officer at that time. So maybe the tie-in hmm. with his dad and 9-11 may have been why he spoke. Oh, I obviously I was at the concert, so I wasn't listening. But yeah, I mean that that could be maybe just t- talking about being from the Bronx and 
living there. And yeah, maybe that's a good little yeah. nugget of information you got there, Mary. Well, Susan brought that up, yeah. and I always love listening, like to the radio, tying it into watching the game yeah. because I, I love those too. So, thank you, and all best wishes. Yeah, thanks, Mary. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, that that's a good point. I didn't consider, I didn't hear it, didn't consider it. So maybe, maybe he opened the meeting. Maybe Aaron Judge said, "Hey, you know, the floor is yours. Talk to us about being a New Yorker and what this means to you, and and you know, from a personal standpoint, maybe that's what it was. I don't know." I'm not at Yankee Stadium now. I, I mean, I, I would love to ask, but I'm not there now. And, I mean, we're doing a show here. But if it comes out in the meantime and you guys see it, let me know. Let me know, what, you know, if anybody asks them about that. I'd be interested. I mean, because it could be, you know, any one of the three things that we talked about now here. Either he was, you know, a rookie stepping out of line, which I, I can't see that, honestly. Looking at Velasquez, you know, his, his, his path, his trajectory of his career, I just can't see him stepping up in a, in a clubhouse full of Anthony Rizzo's and Giancarlo Stanton's and Aaron Judge's and Brett Gardner's and being like, listen to me, you know? You know I don't know. I, I, or, I don't know. But that, that is a good point. It could be that too. Great nugget by you, Mary, and great nugget by Susan Waldman as well. Besides Zach Wilson, Jet fans, I know a bunch of Jet fans are, are waiting to talk to me. Who or what else impressed you from the Jets preseason? Again, other than Zach Wilson. Besides Zach Wilson. Who impressed you? Give me a ring. 877-337-6666. Ja Rule you got coming back on the break. break, You're good at that. Oh, my God. Welcome back. There it is. Welcome back to Danielle in the Daytime here on The Fan, everybody. It is week one of the NFL season. Raise your hand if you're happy right now. I know I am. I am wearing a New York Giants t-shirt right now that uh, David Deal and Mark Malusis loved when I walked through the door. That's cool. So um, with that said, though, what am I looking for in the Jet game? Well, there are so many other things to watch for in this in this Jets game later today in a few few minutes really than just Zach Wilson. I actually was watching the kicker competition throughout these these three preseason games. Like like a good kicker is like a good goaltender. Like you don't really realize their effectiveness until they're in a huge spot or ineffectiveness I should say too. I mean, the Jets need to find their Justin Tucker, who for the past nine seasons with the Ravens has made 90% of his field goals and is just consistently good. The Jets have not had an exceptional, reliable, long-term kicker since, well, I mean, Nick Folk, he fits the description of long-term, but he only made his field goals at an 82% clip. Jason Myers, he has a 92% field goal percentage, but... His his and and his Pro Bowl distinction that that also fits the description of exceptional. But like he like a rat on the Adam Guru sinking ship split after just one season, and Sam Ficken, the Jets' most recent kicker. Well, thank God that experiment is over. So I liked what I saw from Amendola this preseason. He put up the first points of that Packers game with a beautiful fifty-four yard field goal. I actually asked out loud, "How far was that kick?" And in the third quarter of the same game, he had a, a 46 and a 30. So that's quite some range. Actually, he didn't miss a single kick in the preseason. 
So will Matt Amendola be, can he be the Jets' Justin Tucker? He came undrafted out of Oklahoma State in 2020, but who cares? Victor Cruz was undrafted, and he caught a touchdown pass in a Super Bowl. Actually, the Jets have so much confidence in Amendola, I guess you could say. He's the only kicker listed on their official depth chart. So we'll see. <laughs> is the number. Austin, Texas, we go. Lawrence, you're up on the fan. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Of course. So, as a Giants fan, um, what am I looking for today? It's really all on the O-line, right? Like you were saying. But but as well, it's, it's Barkley coming back. But I think people are thinking of Barkley as this elusive back who's going to make his difference breaking away from tackles. Uh, I don't think that's really how it's going to happen, though, because the O-line, it's been an issue since back when Eli was here. He, uh, Saquon Barkley, to be effective this season, is going to have to catch the ball. He's going to be used as a receiver, I think, and that's where he's going to uh, shine and use his elusiveness then because I don't see him running anything up the middle with this line. The, the, the line is probably going to be pathetic. Good point there, Lawrence. I think that's a good point. And I'm, as you were talking, I was thinking about this, too, like how they were using him. Jason Garrett was using him, was very um, east-west. Saquon Barkley is a north-south runner, so that's a good point that you make because if this O-line doesn't pick it up, there's not going to be much production out of him, right? I, I get that. And then you you, you want to get him you know, out in front of the line and just on a quick release, a dump off, sc- uh, running back screenplay. Okay, I, I, I get it. But I would like to see them try it first. I want to see how the Giants' offensive line can hold up. You know, I, I likened it last week with uh, Madeline Burke to a, um, you know, one of those, like, bike locks where you're, like, trying to get the numbers right and, like, get the co- it's a combination lock. That's what it's called. It just came to me. So that's kind of what the Giants are playing. They're playing, like, with a combination lock. Like, okay, let's put this guy in here. Will it work? Let's try now this one over here. Will that work? So I get it. And um and and everything hinges off the offensive line, the quarterback's effectiveness, the running back's effectiveness, and the ability to get the ball down the field. I mean, it's all part of it. But I think that once Travis Rudolph, Travis Rudolph, I did that again, Kyle Rudolph, once Kyle Rudolph comes in, and he uh he, he's a good blocker. That's gonna that's gonna be a little bit better too for these Giants. Him in situations in the red zone, blocking and possibly peeling off and catching a touchdown pass. That's why they brought him in there. Let's go Chris in Somers, New York. You're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. Thanks for taking my call. How are you today? Thanks for making it. Very good. How are you? Oh, doing well. Doing well. I know know we're coming up uh, to the 1 o'clock hour for the uh, Jets, and I'm I'm a diehard Viking fan, but nevertheless. uh, Danielle, the reason for my call is that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm I'm a diehard Mets fan. Watch watch the games uh, every night, and it seems that, you know, it seems like they – same thing happens every night. You get a pitcher like Walker; he does well. They keep him in for this. They keep him in six innings, and then they just go right to Lugo. Let's say, okay. Okay. And then they they want to move Lugo out after the sixth inning and go on to hand, mm. or or whoever it might be. And what what I'm trying to say, my my point is this: if Lugo's pitching well, gets him out one, two, three, or hand is pitching well or familiar, why don't you let these guys stay in another inning until they got a guy on? And then pull him out. Why is it always one inning for Lugo, one inning for Hand, one inning for Familia? Mm-hmm. And then think about how many games they would have won over the last four years or three years 
if they didn't have to go to Diaz and Lugo was pitching well. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I can get the point where, okay, there's a runner on first and second, the pitcher's up, fine, whatever, double switch, or you, or you hit for the pitcher. Mm-hmm. My feeling is, why are you pulling them out every darn time after one inning and going to somebody else? Now, last night, if we didn't do, you know, we kept Lugo in, we would have been all right. Yeah, it's excruciating, isn't it? It is. I, 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 why? It, to me, I think, you know, if the managers would do this, they'd win a lot more games. Mm. What do they do? Pitching, you know, seven, seven to 12 pitches a night? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm with I you. Just see that, I, I just see that the, the team can win more games. You know, last night, I forget, you know, Walker was coming on real strong at the end. Mm-hmm. Maybe they let it go one more, one more inning, you know? Well, I you mean, know, just, I, at that point, the damage was already done, right? I mean, Walker had given up five earned runs, you know, already. So. I understand, yeah. and I'm with you, Chris. I, I I do agree with that. I mean, I'm looking at the box score here. Lugo, one inning pitched, one strikeout. I mean, why why not let him go? You know, I agree with you on that. I guess, uh, I mean, probably as you were talking, my, my thought process kind of went back to yesterday's conversation about the caller called up about the Yankees and, like, an inning with Darren O'Day because his stuff plays, like, up. He's got the funky arm angle, arm slot, and his stuff plays up. You give him one inning or one look to the batters, and then you got Zach Britton, whose who's stuff plays down, um, as a different look to the batters, just changing the eye level and everything. That's kind of what my that where my thoughts went. I'm not sure. I don't know why Lugo was in the one inning pitch. Then May didn't even record an out. Then you got... Uh, Loop and hand. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't understand it either. And then my next thought was, well, maybe they don't want to have them go through the order like another time. But like they, batting order can go, you know, over two innings too. They could pitch two innings one time through the order and then get someone else in there. It's just the analytics. I, I'm, that's probably what it is. It's just the analytics. They say to take them out. And that's it. I don't know. Talk about gut managing. We talked about that yesterday, too. Gut managing, obviously, clearly, that is not in the game plan. And we've got the Jets coming up at 1 p.m. Oh, my God. Three minutes away from Jets kickoff. i got to get this TV uh, tuned to, to CBS in here. Got on NFL Network. So I, I guess we'll give you live updates of the Jet game. I hope you don't go and watch it. I hope you're still here with us listening to it, <laughs> listening to the show and having maybe the TV on mute. That's what I'm going to be doing in here. All right, we'll take more of your calls coming up. After the the uh, Kevin Dexter, I always want to call him Kevin Dexter Lawrence. Kevin, if you're listening, I always want to slip the word Lawrence after the, after your name. Kevin Dexter's got an update for you guys, and we will take more of your calls. Obviously, uh, oh, we got the Backstreet Boys in the house. Backstreet's back, all right. And so am I. I'm Danielle McCartan with you on the fan right up until Giants pregame at two ten p.m. Let's get your calls in 877-337-6666. Hey, um, remember yesterday when I had on the uh, FDNY cap and we got the call from Raul and uh, the NYPD hooked us up, Big Zoo and I. They they uh, gave us a, me an NYPD t-shirt and uh, you got a hat. That's cool. Beautiful hat. Yeah, awesome. Like asking you may receive, I guess. So, Shout outs um, to our guys over there, by the way. That's a heck of a heck of a job by both of them for setting that up. That's really on a day that's for them, and I appreciate them taking time out for us. For yeah, sure. I thought that was so just awesome, just awesome. So Raul, David, thank you for for hooking us up. Appreciate it. And uh, shout out to the Denville Police Department. They are all listening 
to the show. So go Denville. And uh, I, I just I came across this stat as I was just you know searching the internet for good stuff to bring good stuff to you guys, and I saw this because the Jets are about to kick off. Sam Darnold is the eighth quarterback to face his previous team in his first start after leaving that team. Okay. Such quarterbacks are a combined one in six with six passing touchdowns and 19 interceptions. That's an interesting little nugget there. We'll see. Hopefully Sam Darnold's first pass in a, in a Panthers uniform ends up the same way it did when he was in a Jets uniform, which is a pick six down the entire field the other way. We'll see. All right, we'll go back to your calls. 877-337-6666. Justin in Dobbs Ferry, you're up on the fan. Hey, how's it going? Happy uh, New Year here for the first uh, NFL Sunday yes, here. Happy but New Year. The, but the big thing, uh, you know, with the Giants today is going to be, uh, you know, with everything that's going on, it still comes down to, I think, Jason Garrett. You know, Jason Garrett, I don't know if he was handcuffed by the offensive line last year, you know, or, you know, the play calling is just, you know, Back to almost Kevin Gilbride kind of days. You're like, I'm wishing for Kevin Gilbride almost with uh, Ke- with Jason Garrett's uh, play calling. Uh, you know, it's questionable. You know, and it's uh, hopefully they they're able to open it up a little now with Galladay, Slayton, you know, Stolen Shepherd. You know, I don't, I don't know what the missing of Ingram how that's going to mess up the middle of the uh, you know middle of the field there. So you know, I'm curious yeah, to see what Jason Garrett comes up with. I'm, well, I'm curious to see what you would like to see from Jason Garrett. That would be my I guess my my question. Well, like just like everything else in the last, you know, last year, it was all the passes were like under ten yards. The cornerbacks and safeties were just sitting on, you know, these plays, mm-hmm. you know, where they were just throwing the ball like West Coast kind of offense, you know, three yard outs, four, you know, underneath, right. like, right. you know, maybe double, you know, some double moves, some, you know, open up the field a little bit, you yeah. know, every, you know, um, Daniel Jones leads the led the league with, you know, passes over what was it over like forty yards, you know, some, you know, a stat like that, you yeah, know, yes, it, it was rate. something so like, like that, and he was accurate on them too. Yeah, so get you know, I want you know, hopefully if we get six linemen or whatever we need to do to get get the time to, to throw the ball down the field because mm-hmm. I think that's our that's our best you know our best um, attribute for this offense right now. Yeah, and and that too, Justin, good point there. And that too, you, you take one or two or three shots down the field, and it keeps the defenders honest at the corners. You know what I'm saying? So then that leaves the box. I don't want to say open, but it. it widens the box, right? So you could run through the offensive line. If you're Daniel Jones, if everybody's covered, covered, you could take off at that point because you're keeping the defenders honest. Frank in White Plains, you're up next on the fan. Great show, young lady. You really deserve to be in this radio station. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. I appreciate that. Thank you very much for taking my call. I'm a diehard Giants fan, and I really uh, I don't like to maybe uh, sit, uh, what's his name, Daniel Jones anymore. He should, if this year he's not going to show up to be a real quarterback, what he should be, really, it's over for him. And Joe Judge, he can't go and just say, you know, like, oh, yeah, this he's young, he's going to prove this and that. This is third year, and this should be his year. What about? 
so, Frank, the, the one thing I would say, though, I mean, they brought in all the, the these weaponry. I hate that word, but they brought in all these guys for him. Saquon Barkley's back. He is a markedly, by, by the way, statistically, he is a markedly better quarterback with Saquon Barkley in the backfield behind him. Markedly better. Okay. And, and, and I want to listen to you. I, one more thing. Yeah. I listen to your beautiful show. And and as far as the Mets go, they're done. Okay? There's yeah. no... think so right and, and i think and thanks for the call there i think that good okay yeah i think that once once this season is over there's going to be a total clean house um for the new york mets i mean it has to be i was just talking to somebody about this who was i talking to that they're like oh james mccann stinks okay but they were operating on, on like like a budget I, I you know what i mean like they were operating on a budget which it shouldn't be if you got the uh, the richest owner in all the baseball, you shouldn't be operating on a budget. And you're right. While the Mets are mathematically still in it, we've talked about that on here often, they, looking at the, the strength of schedule remaining, have the seventh toughest schedule remaining in the entire league. They've got, let me try to add this up quick, three, six, nine, 12, 13 games against teams that are all in the playoff hunt remaining. And they got the Marlins four games against the Marlins remaining. And you know how the Marlins have took it to the Mets this season. So especially if Jacob deGrom doesn't come back, they're done. They've got 19 games left. They they cannot. They're going to have to go on some ridiculous run here to make up ground in either the wild card race or in the NL East. I mean... It's 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 improbable. We'll put it that way. It's improbable for the Mets to make the playoffs. Crazier things have happened. I know that. But right now, where they sit, how far they have to look up with only 19 games left to do it, doesn't sound very possible. The Yankees, on the other hand, well, if the season ended today... They would be uh, doing a one-game playoff with the the Toronto Blue Jays for that second wild card spot. Isn't that crazy? That series, if the if the Yankees fail to make the, the postseason, that is the series. They lost four games in a row to the Toronto Blue Jays at home. So much so that I believe it was the, the Blue Jays were able to gain up until uh, a half a game on the Yankees. And now, look right now, I'm looking at it, they're tied for that second wild card spot. That is the pinpoint pivotal season if you are the New York Yankees and if you miss the postseason. You're going to look at that and you're going to say, that's the one. That's the one. We've got the jet game on. Let's see. Let's do a quick little 
Look in here. Zach Wilson drops back to pass and gets sacked. Wow. Okay. From his blind side. This is going well. Definitely a quality start, what you want to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Third and 23. What You know what I don't want to see here? I do not want to see a pass of four yards to try to turn it up the field. Yeah, I'm good on those. I, I'm with you there 100%. Yeah, we are in a – look at it. There it is. Behind the line of scrimmage throw. Dropped. Here we go again. Oh, my God. I, I, I think I want to just turn this game off. I can't. You want to give me your live reactions to 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. And we've got sports on all day. We've got this Jet game on. Then we've got the Giant game. And then Yankees-Mets Subway Series on the weekend of September 11th. I mean, it can't get any better than this. Oh, and by the way, did you guys hear about the uh, Javier Baez earring? Dilemma. That earring was worth $200,000. $200,000 for that earring. And how embar- And it was never found. How embarrassing was that? I know this happened a, a couple days ago at this point, but I was just watching that like live on TV, and they're saying, oh yeah, Sandy Alderson's still down there looking for the earring. How embarrassing is that? Javier Baez, he was, if that was my $200,000 earring, I would be on my hands and knees sifting through the dirt myself. And the fact that he wasn't out there, Sandy Allison, what are you doing out there? That was embarrassing. Come on. And how does a big earring like that just go missing? I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't have a lot of earrings myself, but I definitely, I I mean, listen, for things, they get dropped in the grass and the dirt, you know, they could it could be gone. But, I mean... Unless it flew off his ear and flew into somebody else's pocket. Yeah. I mean, somebody found that. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, that thing's probably up on eBay right now. Or it's sitting in some pawn shop in the tri-state. Yeah. Yeah. Be on a, be on alert, everybody that owns pawn shops. Because um, I just don't understand that either. And then I was thinking, well, maybe because it was in his ear and then it wasn't in his ear. And then Francisco Lindor, I guess, jumped on him at that point. And... I was thinking, well, they should all check their uniforms. Like, maybe it's in one of the pockets of their uniforms, you know? Yeah, exactly. Maybe it maybe got stuck to uh, Lindor over there on the trade, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. It's one of those things where it's just, it's it's a weird look when you got Sandy Alderson out there in his full suit kind of going through everything. That was, that was pretty funny to me. Embarrassing. And Sandy Alderson, th- goodbye. I mean, thank you for everything you've done so far, but goodbye. Yeah, it's time. It's time. It's time to go. And the, and, the, and the Mets need to start to operate like a big market team because right now they're not. They had Real Muto and McCann. They picked McCann. They had, uh, what's his name, Springer. Uh, you know, rumored to be with Springer. Didn't get him. I mean, they, they didn't do a lot of big moves that a lot of people thought that they would have. No, absolutely. And it's, it's, it's showing. It's starting to show right yeah. now without a doubt. I mean, Springer, Springer especially, is it's just... It's tough to see him killing it in Toronto. What about and the Braves too? Like they, Acuna goes down, season-ending injury. Okay, they rebuilt their entire outfield at the trade deadline, and right now they're sitting at the top of the NL East. Explain to me how that happens. Yeah, I mean, would you even would you even look at any really other teams in the NL East? And say that they have a legitimate chance to compete with Atlanta for that division. I mean, it's it's tough, and that's without Ronald Acuna. Yeah, isn't that amazing? 
They they replaced one third of their starting lineup and are still three and a half games ahead of anybody else in the East. I know that's not saying much, but still. I don't know. What is, I know you guys got me turned on at the Giant game right now in the parking lot parties. Giants Radio Network here. What is your biggest concern about the New York Giants today and beyond? Hint, hint, offensive line, right? Well, I got a different perspective, a different little spin on that. So give me a call, 877-337-6666. Giant fans, I'll tell you my biggest concern about the Giants today and beyond. Coming up on The Fan. You used to call me on my... You used to, you used to. Yeah. You used to call me on my cell phone. Welcome back to Danielle in the daytime. Why don't you give me a call on your cell phone? Make that hotline bling. How's that? Yeah, nice tie in there. Good song there, Big Zoo. Um, you guys want to give me a call from your cell phone to my hotline, 877-337-6666 is the number to do so. Biggest concern about the Giants. As I'm sitting here on the commercial break, I'm scrolling through social media, seeing all my friends are checking in at the the parking lots of Giants Stadium. Yes, football is upon us. The Jets and the Carolina Panthers right now are tied at 0-0. There doesn't, I mean, I've got like one eye on it and one eye on the computer and one eye on the phones here. I I got eyes everywhere. But to me, it looks like there's not a, a ton of offense that's going on here. Looks very, very tentative. It looks very like I'm going to feel this out and then see what happens. I do like, though, that they're wearing the NYPD caps and stuff, the coaching staff on the side. I think that's a very nice touch. Anyway, let's get back to the Giants. Biggest concern for the Giants, I mean, the offensive line, right? Okay. But if you look at it differently, I think the biggest concern that I have with this team is the fact that the offense in particular doesn't have enough playing time together. And so I I point to A, Joe Judge's preseason strategy. Like, I disagree with keeping a young starting quarterback nailed to the bench for the first, first, what, two games, and then he got got a half. He got the third, a half of the third preseason game. I don't agree with that. And then Madeline Burke was on, and I said, convince me otherwise, basically. And she said, you know, stick him out there with that offensive line that they're still trying to work out. You don't want to risk injury that way. All right. Well, okay. That's that's a good point. Madeline's great. She's she's a great guest always. So, but there's just a lot of individual things that I wish that he would have worked on in like as close to game scenario as possible. And I know that they're, they're doing these these practices. I, I get that. I know that. In a game-like environment, as close to it as you can get in the preseason, you can work on your footwork. You can work on your pre-snap reads with your. You can work on your timing patterns. I mean, I'm just talking like one or two series per game. That's it. Just to have something to bring back to practice to improve upon in time for Week One. I mean, if Tom Brady is doing it at 44 years old, there is no reason that Daniel Jones can't do it at 24 years old. You heard Kenny Galladay the other day. He was, I guess, speaking on injuries, but he said, I I think you could read a little bit more into it. He said, when I look in the huddle and I see all those guys, I'm excited. But guys have been in and out of the lineup. We might be a little slow to get off. 
Like, that is the one sentence you don't want to hear if you're a Giant fan. We might be a little slow to get off. That's exactly what we've been talking about. This Giants team, with two regular season NFL games within five days of each other, cannot afford to start the season a little slow to get off. I think this, more than anything, has the potential to be debilitating for the Giants this this season. And look at the top draft pick, too. First-round draft pick, Kadarius Toney, didn't play a single preseason down. To the best of my knowledge, he's not expected to even play today. Second-round pick, Aziz Ojolari, played 35 preseason snaps. I mean, slow start. If you're a Giant fan, that is not what you want to hear right now, slow start. 877-337-6666 is the number. To Belmore and Mari, we go on the fan. Hey, great show. Usually catch you on the overnights, but this is awesome to hear you during the day as well. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, great. Uh, as a Giant fan, I'm concerned about a lot of things, and that that's probably the one, the least amount. Throw them out there, and if they get hurt, then the consequences are on the coach and, and the rest of the team. But that's that's what teams are doing now with this new system. That's that. How about Judge? Does he deserve to get the contract? He's been healthy all year. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. I really have my doubts with the pitching being at, at 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 where we're at. But does he did he deserve it? I think he might get to see. What are you thinking? Should we lock him down? Um, and you're talking Aaron Judge, obviously, because you we went from Giants yeah. to Yankees, and I think people. I know. Well, <laughs> You were talking Giants. I didn't want to not talk about it and just jump to my No, Yankees. no. I know. Um, I, if, if I'm the Yankees, I am not going to dole out the contract now. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait one more season. He's having an excellent year. Uh, by all accounts, excellent, excellent top-notch season he's having this year. Show me that you can do it one more time. Show me you can do two back-to-back seasons like this, and I'll reward you with a contract. That's what I would do. I like that strategy. It makes sense. Well, listen, great show. I'll continue to listen. Thanks, Maury. I appreciate that. And the zoo. Love the zoo. Love the zoo. He's giving you a thumbs up from behind the glass there. <laughs> Thanks, Maury. I appreciate the call. <laughs> um, and, and the other thing, too, is another reason why I would not give the contract now to judge either, right right now, even at the end of the season, even in this offseason, is because think about it. He's got another year of arbitration. The Yankees are unwilling to exceed that next luxury cap threshold. Right? So... Why would you pay him now? You would only be hurting yourself kind of like long-term, right? Don't give him the money now. You got one more year where you can stay under that cap. Go out and get some pitching. A starting pitcher. How's that sound? I don't know. Sounds good to me. Sparky in Dobbs Ferry, you're up next on The Fan. Coach, you do a great job in the daytime, just as good as you do at night. <laughs> Thanks, Sparky. I'm okay. Danielle, any time of day, on demand. Oh, you're the best. You kidding? <laughs> um, but what I've called last night's game, and I'm being a little sarcastic, with vintage Brian Cashman, why about his inability to put together a pitching staff? Because my thing with him, he seems more concerned about bringing in pitches based on the luxury tax as opposed to the ability the pitcher has. Okay, because, I mean, look at the way they're put together. You have Tyone, you got Kluber, and you got, and and then you have the worst pitcher who might have ever pitched in a major league game in Haney because you don't have to pay them. Okay? Yeah, right. And, and the thing is, 
no matter what. I mean, he doesn't understand. It's like if you go to a restaurant, you can't pay for a White Castle hamburger and expect to get prime rib steak. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. And as far as, like, the game itself last night, I wonder sometimes, you think that Rojas and Aaron Boone hang out together the way that they handle their pitching changes? No, but but their analytics department might. Because they might. You know why I mentioned? <laughs> because, Coach, remember the game before the All-Star game where they blew that crazy game against the Astros? Ah. Uh... It was the five-run lead they blew. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Well, in the eighth inning, Lewisic is through five pitches, and Chapman was in his head case stage like he is now. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you think they would put Lewisic back for the ninth? Okay. Now, last night, Lugo, he didn't throw ten pitches. And all of a sudden, he's out of the game. I'm thinking, wow. Yeah, I know. That's I, I don't understand. Someone called about that before. I, I don't. I don't have an answer for that. I don't. I don't understand it. I, I don't get it. I mean, it, it's just it's like you got to be kidding me. I'm like, you know, I, I was like, I like thank you. I mean, because right. that would have that would have been as devastating a loss as possible. Oh, you, you know? ready for this, Sparky? I just looked it up as you were talking. Seth Lugo threw seven pitches in total, five of them for strikes. That's pretty good. I know, but seven, seven pitches? Get him out of there. I mean, keep him in there. What are they getting him out of there for? I mean, come on. I was like, holy cow. I was like, you know, know, just the way that whole game went, you're like, they just like opened the door for us. I'm thinking they're yeah. not doing anything with this guy, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, you know. Yeah. But I'm gonna let you go. And when are you gonna be on next? Now? Oh man, I'm trying to keep my schedule straight here. Let me look. Uh, Saturday, the 18th at 6 p.m. So how's school going so far? <laughs> School's been going good. It's uh, we've been back in the classroom two days, and uh, it's been good. It's been good to get back. My God, you're like amazing. You do the teaching <laughs> and you do this. It's like you should have a twin sister. Yeah. I don't know how the heck you pull it off. <laughs> I got. I actually have a body double is, is how I do it, actually. Oh, <laughs> I'm just I can't. It just sounds <laughs> like you might, Coach. Hey, but you have the best of days, my friend, okay? okay. Thanks, Sparky. You too. Enjoy Bye-bye. the games today. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I do have a body double. That That's how I get it done. You know, I always say like... A, like, if I were to have a superpower, I wouldn't want to fly. I would not want to read people's minds. You know what I would want to do? I would want to be able to just, like, like have a TV remote and just pause everything, like, around me so that I can get all my work done and then, like, press unpause. And then, like, then everything is back. You know, I could just continue along with my day. Like, if I pause it right now, I can do all my work for the show, unpause it, and I have, like, a life. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's that would be my superhero, to j- superpower, just to be able to pause and stop time. But I can keep moving and doing my thing. That's what I would do. Frankie, in Oakdale Estates, where, where's Oakdale Estates? Hi, Danielle. Hey, Frankie. This is Frankie Blue Eyes, when my friends call me. I live in Oakdale Estates in Suffolk County on the shores of the Great South Bay. Oh, okay. That's- not too far from where the boat party was with Mr. Ed. Okay, go. <laughs> am I am I a close friend of Mr. Boomer and 
Geo. Yes, yeah, he's he's giving you a smile from behind the class. <laughs> Did you go the to the big, boat party? Big Were Getty, you there? Bigetti is south, yes, and Bigetti is the man from Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, the whole Atlanta Hawks thing, Knicks thing, and yes, oh yeah. Danielle, I've, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I woke up from a nightmare, and uh, I turned the radio on, and I heard this voice, and the bottom line, it was you, but I didn't know whether it was a woman, a young guy with a, a very young voice. What the and, hell? Frankie, what, what are you talking about? Uh, when I woke up a couple of weeks ago, and I happened to put the radio on, and you came on the radio. Okay. Because I listen to FAN on and off all the time. And I, I never heard your voice before, okay. and I never knew who you were. And I apologize for that, but I'm not normally up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Okay. And anyway, so I had a nightmare, and I got up, and I turned the radio on. And I was listening to you, and you sounded very intelligent. I know why they call you coach or whatever. I didn't know your background or whatever it was. And I'm saying this lady should be home at 4 o'clock in the morning with her husband or something. Like, my God. <laughs> but at any rate, that's not the point. Uh, the point is I heard you said you wanted to play the taps. In reference to a baseball team? Yeah. Yeah. I, one of one of my – I was in the marching band in high school, uh, first chair, trumpet player, and one of – someone that was in the band with me called up, and um, I, I haven't talked to him since high school, and he called up the other day, and um, we kind of have this little thing going on now that I have to play taps when the Yankees or or and or the Mets get mathematically eliminated. I have to bring my trumpet here in the case – and play it for you guys live on the air. Yes. I played it. I played the trumpet too in a marching band, mm-hmm. and also in the dance band. We played uh, Chicago, Harry James, and whatnot. Cool. Uh, what another thing I wanted to bring up to you about that? I was a first lieutenant in the United States Army, attached to the seventy fifth Rangers. Well, thank you for your service. Under, under the control of the CIA, I, was, I ran an interrogation group in Vietnam. I don't know whether you know it or not. Mm. The taps are played in recognition to the fall. Yes, yes, for sure. I used to go around uh, Memorial Day and everything, and Frankie, thanks for the call there. I used to be the the go-to. I used to go play at all the Memorial Day stops. My mom would take me in the car. Okay, now we got to go to the park. Now we have to go to this school. Now we have to go to that school. So, um, And all the, the veterans were there. So thank you for your service. I appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate you taking the time to, to call and I think give a compliment. <laughs> I think I think that was a compliment. Yeah. Okay. You tell me yes. All right. All right. So, did you guys hear what um, Tony Romo had to say about about Zach Wilson? Uh, Jeff Ants, you might want to be sitting down for this one. Coming right up on the fan. right you guys can give me a call at 877-337-6666 i'm daniel mccartan here with you on the fan until 210 when the new york giants pregame show comes your way here right here on these airwaves on the fan at that time um they i just have like one eye on the jet game i told you it's uh basically the end of the first quarter 27 seconds left the panthers are driving yet the score is still zero zero it looks like an excruciatingly boring game to me, honestly. The the Jets punter is out with injury. Nothing really to report on that Jet game, so still 0-0, exactly where it started. I got to tell you, first, 
I love Tony Romo as a commentator. Like, when he does games, I, I feel like I learn things when I watch a game that he's calling. I just feel like I learn things, and I like that. So for him to say this about Zach Wilson, it definitely perked my ears up a little bit, I'll tell you. He said, Tony Romo said, I think Zach Wilson is going to be in the discussion as one of the top three to five quarterbacks very quickly. Within the next couple years, I think you're going to see him rise. His ceiling is so high. It's rare for me to say someone has the ability to get in that stratosphere of a Mahomes, but I think this kid has that ability. Now, Tony Romo just used Zach Wilson and Patrick Mahomes in the same sentence. So, maybe not so nationally speaking, let's go to a guy who Zach Wilson gets up and and comfortable with, shall we say, and there isn't anyone in a closer proximity to Zach Wilson than his center, Connor McGovern. And here's what he had to say about Zach Wilson. He's really grown. He's taken huge strides from OTAs to now, and he looks like a you know real professional quarterback. Um, so I, I'm expecting big things, and the way he carries himself um, in a game is phenomenal, I know. Huge pro quarterback expecting big things. I don't know. The one thing I will say is don't run this kid out of town like everybody ran Sam Darnold out of town. All right, let's go to Bob in New Milford. You're up on the fan, Bob. Hi, Danielle. I'm a first-time caller. Oh, thanks. Uh, Welcome to the show. A little nervous. I've never been on the radio before. Oh, come on. It's all good. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Listen, uh, these Yankees are driving me crazy, and I want your honest opinion. Do you think they're going to make a wild-card spot? I, I think we t- yeah I, I think they're gonna sneak in somehow I think they're gonna like backdoor themselves in I don't think they're gonna get themselves in I think they're gonna get help to get in if that makes sense yeah that's interesting yeah yeah um, but th- th- unless they change the way they're playing I-, I can't see them going even if they got in I can't see them going anywhere yeah I know and that and that's the thing like they were playing great when they had the Andrew Velasquez's of the world and the Greg Allen's of the world. They were winning games. They were 13 game winning streak. And all of a sudden you got these guys like Gleyber Torres now coming back from injury. And, you know, I don't want to blame it on any of them, but the, the complexion, the, the makeup of the team, the philosophy of the team offensively, at least changed. It shifted back to what it was before the winning streak. And that's a problem. It, it seems like they're playing with no heart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, when the young, like you said, when the young guys were up, they were exciting. They were jumping around in the dugout and everything. Now that's so workmanlike yes. with these veterans that it's, well, if we don't win today, we go home, we'll try again tomorrow. Yes. You, you know, it's like they're taking it to heart. Yeah. And Bob, great point there. I love the the word workman. That's that's what it is. It's, it's these guys are showing up, they're going to work, and we'll get them tomorrow. And we talked yesterday, that comes from the manager. That whole, I mean, the team takes on the the personality of the coach or the manager. The Yankees have taken on the personality of, of Aaron Boone, and it's just, it's just, come on. I mean, like, someone's got to step up. Aaron Judge seems to be the guy that continually is stepping up for this team. He called what I, I assume was a players-only meeting prior to last night's game, and they won. That's not the first time Aaron Judge has done that. 
But the excitement, it, it's, it's just hard. It's hard to watch. The excitement is gone. It's hard to watch this team. It really is. And I understand. And workman was a great word to describe what you're seeing with this Yankee team. Brian in West Palm, you're up next on the fan. Hi, Daniel. I want to talk about the Giants, but I want to make a comment. I spoke to you. I, I was a baseball player. I went to Florida State. When they had uh, Greg Allen and all these other guys, uh-huh. they mixed. They were contact hitters, Danielle. You know what I'm saying? You played softball. They were contact hitters mixing with Judge. Now when you have all these guys coming back, uh-huh. they're all they're all velocity how many how many feet you can hit you know yep. what i'm saying they don't they don't if buck show walter was was managing he would have pulled sanchez out right out of the game from the other oh, night don't you know? even get me started on that that was okay. horrible horrible I know. well you know i know i mean you played softball in college right i never played in college oh uh, what college did you go to ramapo college oh okay was- my sister-in-law is from morristown she went to rutgers oh, and a go. couple yeah, my couple of my buddies from Long Island played baseball for Rutgers. One of them pitched for the Cleveland Indians. But go, turning to the Giants, yeah. I watch all these pundits. So I've been a Yankee fan and Giant fan, and I'm going to go see the Giants play in New uh, play this New Orleans Saints. They're going to. I'm going to drive up to Jacksonville and see them play in Jacksonville, which I'm pretty excited. Yeah, apparently, I, apparently they are going to be playing that game in Jacksonville. Is that is that true? Yeah. I've heard some rumors. Yeah, that's what I, I talked to some people up at Jacksonville. I went to school in Tallahassee. Uh-huh. He said, go, well, just drive up 95. You can see your team. So anyway, on the Giants, all these so-called experts on ESPN and Fox, they're very down in the Giants, and they're picking them. I think if the Giants have their offensive line together, they can score points mm-hmm. with Barkley and having all these guys, mm-hmm. you know, Shepard and the kid from Gainesville, Tony. Now, I wanted what, what, what you thought about today's game because – I think the Giants have a really good defense, and if their offensive line comes together, they can put the points on the board. And I like the Giants today, and I was wondering what what you think about today's game and the rest of the season, especially today, because I really think the Giants are going to come out and have a great game today. I really like Leonard Williams' uh, defensive end for the yeah. Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian, great call there. Um, I uh, Two things. Uh, one, about the Yankees, and, and I'll give you – hey, we never did picks. We have to do our picks. Okay, so one thing. The one thing about the the um, the Yankees, and I told you I watched it on DVR, the game, but something I wrote down while I was watching it early, early this morning. On the Kyle, it was the, the top of the second inning. On the Kyle Higashioka home run, to it was to left center field. That's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about was one of the commentators, and I couldn't pick out which name it was, but one of the commentators said, Torres was running. Like, on that pitch, Torres was in motion. Hit and run, stolen base, that's what the Yankees need to get back to doing. Now, the camera angle, I couldn't see it. The viewer couldn't see what kind of a situation that was on the base pass. But the commentator did say Torres was running. That's a good sign. That's a good sign for these these Yankees. That's what they need. Mike in Bloomfield, you're up next on The Fan. Hey, Danielle, you said you had one eye on the Jets game. That's one more than me because I'm driving, so I'm only relying upon <laughs> yeah. your report. Oh, you are? But okay. so far, it, yeah. it seems that, I mean, from what you're saying, it's a disappointing yet not surprising outing. For both um, teams, I, really. Just, yeah. Well, that may be. My interest lies more with the green team. Um, but I, I can't really say that I agree with uh, Mr. Romo's uh, predictions of Zach Wilson, and 
Mostly that comes down to, um, you know, the college he went to. I just don't see it panning out that successfully. Yeah, I, I don't know. And and that was the, one of the biggest things that I, not a knock on Zach Wilson, but like BYU's competition is not NFL level competition by any means. So that was the one thing I, I was cautious about with Zach Wilson. But listen, Tony Romo knows more than you and I combined about the position of quarterback. I'd like to trust what he has to say. I, maybe I'm just optimistic here, but I would like to trust what he has to say. And I was skeptical of Zach Wilson coming out of college. I am one of those people, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, you're right in the sense of, I mean, yes, Tony Romo knows much more than you or I. I never even played a, you know, tackle American football. But, you know, I mean, uh, Nick Saban went all the way to Hawaii to find Tua Tungavaloa, right? Mm-hmm. And he replaced uh, Jalen Hurts as a true freshman, and both are in the NFL now. I just think to think, I mean, I know there's that religious family connection with BYU with, with Zach, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like if he was that good, wouldn't we have heard about him someplace else? Or, yeah, you know? I, I know. Mike, that's a good point you bring up. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I, but now as I watch the game, because you, you were listening, you're relying on me. I, I didn't know that. So, okay, so we've got, um, and I'm not giving play-by-play, but the Carolina Panthers just fumbled the ball in the red zone on the four-yard line, five-yard line. And the Jets recovered it. The Jets, Rankins, big number 98, I think he was. 98 recovers it. And the Jets have recovered a fumble. Well, was it on a handoff? I I, I have one eye on Fourth it. Fourth and one handoff, handoff trying to get that first down. That was, oh, how about man. that? Wow. And the Jets have recovered. That momentum has, this is the most exciting thing that's happened in this game so far. The Jets have a little momentum shifting in their direction right now. Very cool. Can we do one more? Can we do one more? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Allen in Queens. You're up on the fan. Hi, how are you doing, Danielle? Good. How are you? I think the Jets played it all wrong. They should have traded their second pass in the draft to the 6th and 18th from uh, Miami. Mm-hmm. Gotten a serviceable offensive lineman. And with the 6th pick, they could have gotten Smith or Waddle. With the 18th pick, they could have gotten Nigel Harris. And with the 14th pick that they had in the second trade, they could have got a Max Jones. Alan, so, you are you are outlining, and thanks for the call there, and thanks for that, that the varying opinion because that was my that was my outlook. That was it. That's what I would have wanted the Jets to have done. That's the direction I would have liked them to go because I still believe in Sam Darnold. I do, and and this season's we're, we're going to see. Like he was when I was in Vegas, I was what July. He was like seventeen to one odds to win comeback player of the year. He was actually. I think I'll take those odds because I still believe in him. With that said, the Jets did not go in, in the direction that we wanted to, you and I, Alan. And the Jets went in a different direction, and they took Zach Wilson with that pick. Offensive line today doesn't look great. Be honest with you. It, it just doesn't look great right now. I mean, when you look at passing yards and, and everything, we are you know underway. we got, I think, like 11 minutes left in the, in the uh, second quarter right, right now. Zach Wilson has seven passing yards. Coleman has 11 running rushing yards. I mean, there's not a ton of offense being generated with this Jets team right now at all. And the time of possession is, is almost even with the Panthers. Almost. The Jets have run 15 total plays for 14 total yards right now. 
not what you want to see if you're a Jet fan. All right, and we are cruising towards the end of the show here, you guys. 2.10 is when Giants pregame comes your way. And this will be your last chance. I see some of you guys on hold. This is your last chance to get on, uh, get aboard. 877 877- 